eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day 10, Fall Camp 2021 on the shores of Lake Washington. Probably the coolest climate day we've had in quite some time. Temperatures expected to be in the low 70s today. It's probably mid-60s out here for practice. On the way in, we got a little bit of a sprinkle. Expected to see some rain tonight and resume temperatures in the high 70s back again for the rest of the week. But... Uh, Tailed two halves today with the defense on the first half and the offense on the second half, Chris. Yeah, it was interesting because it's it's not a, a pads practice. We expect them to go full pads tomorrow in front of fans and scrimmage inside Husky Stadium, but this was on the east field. And um, the defense, I, I kind of wrote it up. I think they kind of got the memo that the offense did some nice things on Sunday and they were going to try to bounce back and show that they were a top dog. And so the first half... I thought they did a really good job of stopping them on certain things. Um, you know, Jimmy likes to throw these special situations out at the team as well, which I think stresses the coaches out probably even more than the players. That's the goal. Yeah, well, that and they, he does it a lot. Like, he did it at the beginning of practice today. They had a special <coughs> team situation where I think the ball was in the defense's half, and I think they had 16 seconds on the clock, no timeouts, and or one timeout. And they had to basically figure out a way to kick a field goal, mm-hmm. get within field goal range. And all three of them got within field goal range, the quarterbacks. Um, but I think only two of them were made. So if I remember my notes mm-hmm. correctly. So that was yes, interesting. Only two. It's, it's the, you know, basically we're talking about a one-play drive is essentially what it boils down to. And so he's, he's always working these very special situations, which I thought was interesting. Um, but the defense did a nice job in the first half, and I think a lot of it also had to do with the offense kind of gifting them some things. You know, we both, Scott and I, we were a little shocked that they had a 9-on-7 kind of box drill, which which is usually a very, very physical run drill between the tackles. And, um, you know, guys were really getting after it. Uh, we saw... There were some fights. Yeah, we saw we saw Tim Saha acting as a referee between guys like Julius Bulo and Thule, Latui Gasanoa. Um, you know, we saw Jordan Lolo Hea got, he flipped a guy or someone flipped him and then he ended up on top of a guy. Those guys, they converge on everything so fast. You just can't figure out who's who. We didn't Um, know who the offensive offensive guy was. I think it may have been Gage Hardy because they kind of were into it a little bit later in the final team period, which, you know, handbags, it was no big deal. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. And, you know, the, the, the offense, especially the tight ends and receivers looked 
awful that first half. Mm-hmm. A lot of pops, just a lot of drops, and then you add in some of the mechanical stuff like the false starts and whatnot. But the second half, boy, they just came on fire. And that final team period that usually always signals the end of practice, all three quarterbacks scored touchdowns. And they all scored touchdowns yep. of 75 yards or longer. I honestly forgot. Well, one of two of them were drives. One of them yep. was just one play, but yep. the other two were drives. Well, yep. it was one play, and I think half the defense thought the play was blown dead. Yep. And they didn't signal touchdown for a good minute after. Yeah. Jimmy just decided, guys, Let's ring it up. It's on the siren, baby. It was a good minute after he was yeah. in the end zone. But it was uh, Patrick O'Brien who found um, Chavez today. And it would have been a first down to continue oh, no, that drive. It was, still, but, it was still a long enough play it on its own. But it looked like the defense was all slowing up, and so Jimmy just said, keep running. Yeah, just cut, kind of one of those where he cuts it upfield, yeah. all of a sudden he kind of finds himself in just, with some open grass. And he just keeps going, and Jimmy's like, keep going, son, keep it's, going. It's kind of like Nate Robinson against Oregon. Oregon's walking off the field, and Nate goes off the court, and Nate just goes crazy because the defense kind of got up and was walking backwards, and Chavez just kept on running. He just kept running. He's like, no one's stopping me. Well, he wasn't running full speed either. He was just kind of – Well, that's because no one was following him. <laughs> kind of looking back, and you know, but they yeah. called that a touchdown. But uh, a couple of nice drives. I thought Sam Heward again had another good day, especially on that drive. He did, and I think he built off what he did yesterday. And so I'm not going to back off what I said in terms of I, – I do feel like he is really pushing O'Brien hard. I mean, O'Brien had a couple things in some of the team periods where he, he threw one ball – backward, out mm-hmm. of bounds for like an eight-yard loss, which was just unfathomable. I mean, I was looking at it, and everyone was looking at it. I was like, did he really just do what I think he just did? Does it almost seem like O'Brien's lost a little bit of his stinger and I don't his confidence know. isn't there? I don't know, but I, he, is, he has regressed. I don't think there's any doubt in my I mind he has regressed a little bit. And But I would say the storyline to me in the last couple of days has been Sam Heward managing what the defense is allowing them and taking it and taking the easy money, but also mixing in a little bit more downfield than we've seen before and having these longer drives. It's the second straight day with a long drive for a touchdown, and I think it's it's really bodes well for him. But again, I mean, to me, it, this is all about Dylan Moore. This is the Dylan Moore show right now. Well, I, I mean, he is, he is showing by far, he is clearly – Heads, he's heads the, above those, those other last guys. three throws that he had yeah. in, in that drive. He had so it was twenty nine seventy five yards and yeah, three throws. He, he did twenty nine, twenty six, and eighteen. That see, was, I had twenty nine, twenty eight, and eighteen. Okay, okay. Well, whatever it was, it but was, see here. Yeah. So here's the thing. Let's lay it out. So what he was, so what Jimmy Lake did was that basically they were running a four minute drill. <coughs> so for anybody who doesn't know what a four minute drill is, that's basically when you're killing the clock at the end of the game. If you're ahead. And all you have to do is get a first down or two first downs to kill the clock. You can get in victory formation. Mm-hmm. So Dylan Morris did that. I think he completed a pass to Jack Westover. I think he got another mm-hmm. um, third down play completed. That and was then, his first one. And, yeah, and then they took and session. then they took a knee. Victory yeah. formation. It's all good. So then, I think it was O'Brien that came on later, and through this is where he threw pass. the backward pass. They went way backwards, and so then Lake made them punt, and so Race Porter punted the ball to the. The offense is 12-yard line. And so that's where so, – so Dylan Morris is 88 yards away. I think – I want to say there were 78 seconds left on the clock. No timeouts. Mm-hmm. And they were forced into a fourth down from their own 19. I don't remember how many seconds were mm-hmm. left at that time. But he finds Bynum for like a little six-yard gain to, to keep the thing going. And then he goes 29 to Odunze, 28 to uh, Terrell Bynum, and then 18 – 
to Bynum for touchdown yeah. with Jacoby Covington all and over. And the goal him. was technically, I mean, obviously you want to win the game, but the goal really was to get him field goal position. Because it was three, he, he set it up, Jimmy Lake set up the, the special, uh-huh. so that three would have tied. Yeah. And so, and I remember you saying right as they were getting ready to snap it, he's like, he's going to clock it so that they can kick up right. field goal, right? Because I didn't know how much and time I, there was. And I, but, but I said, I was like, why wouldn't you go for, it's first down, why wouldn't you go for, yeah. for a, at least one into the end zone? And he throws it perfectly. Jacoby Covington had good coverage on that play. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. But he threw it right over the outside shoulder of uh, Bynum, who brings it in, and Covington's pawn at the ball. I mean, it was... Yeah. It, it was it was what you want to see from this offense. But as soon as the pass to Odunze happened, you could just tell. To me, and this is really, really reaching, and I fully admit it's mm-hmm. a reach, it reminded me of Tui against Stanford in 2000 in the pouring rain. And he to just, Justin Robbins? Yeah, we're just, but, but I mean, it was like the bang, bang, bang. And yeah. it's all of a sudden, you can tell Stanford's on its heels, doesn't know where. Almost what. needed like a basketball timeout to yeah, stop you the just, run just like, thing. We need, we need to reset. We need yeah. to do something. As soon as he got that pass to Odunze, you could tell those yeah. guys were running down the field. The defense is like, what are we, where are we going? What are we doing? What do we need to do? And you could tell they were on their heels. And then on the second throw that he threw that he hit Bynum yeah. for 20, you said it was 28, I had 26, but yeah. whatever it was, um, Jackson Sermon just missed. Oh, yeah. I mean, he dove, yeah. and the thing probably was less than six inches away from his fingers. Yeah, and again, this is the thing. The defense was kind of reeling a little bit, but it wasn't like they were really out of position. It wasn't mm-hmm. like they just got gashed. These were... On the money throws, and I that mean, was a dart. Too. I mean, yes, yeah. Dylan Morris was throwing. He was making the throws. Mm-hmm. This is this. Is, let's not be you know you know. Let's be clear about this. This was Dylan Morris making throws to win the game. This wasn't the defense all of a sudden making so some mistakes. Who's to the allow top passer them. in Washington history? It's Jake Browning. This practice, I saw Dylan Morris make throws that Jake Browning never made in practice. Now he needs to do it in a game, obviously. And he's done it. But he, he has. He's, he's made some nice throws in the game. But this was the best I've seen a quarterback look in practice in a long time. Like I said, it was the best two-minute drive I've seen in two years. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that's really improved, especially with Dylan Morris and um, <laughs> Sam Heward, Lack of turnovers. They're not giving the ball up. Now, yeah, the only now again, now again, you know, you mentioned the horrible pass that Patrick O'Brien threw. You know, backwards pass. That wasn't as bad as the interception. Yeah, he but threw. The, and that's the thing. The problem was is that Devin Cole miscommunication. Was, he miscommunicated yeah. when he went one way, and and O'Brien was expecting him to go the other way. So this was this was part of the first half of practice where yeah. they, they were they were the defense was capitalizing on a lot of the offense's mistakes, and that was the one pick in the practice today. Where it was just like a little five yard route and right just to, a complete miscommunication, and all of a sudden O'Brien literally throws it right to Carson Burner. And yeah. it was like, what would he just do? Yeah, it's just she threw it right to him. I think Carson Bruner was a little bit stunned. Like, why? And it looked like Colt either got turned around and went, went, either went the wrong yeah. way or just got a little bit confused as to where he was and got kind of turned around. But it just it, it just looks bad. It but, just looks bad. But that was one of the things that you know where Sam's really turned it around. Dylan had thrown a couple of interceptions, but Sam had thrown quite a bit more. But you know the ball security. I'm sure there's been some conversations with Sam about not taking those chances. Because yeah, but there wasn't there there. It wasn't like Sam didn't throw a couple balls today that weren't on the verge of getting picked. I'm telling you, there was another pass that he <clears> made that Bookie Radley Hiles got his hands on, and well, he could have very easily picked that well, off. Well, that was a freak athletic play by no, Bookie. No, well, you, you mentioned it. It's like Bookie, and Scott, you have too. Yeah. He plays a lot bigger 
than his frame would indicate. Yeah. He gets he's he gets five, his eight. hands on he's balls. He's what five eight, maybe five but nine. He gets his hands on the football, yeah, and he lot. does some very athletic things. And he was he basically tried to do the tip drill to himself, and it just kind of didn't work out. He had but, hang time on that. Yes, but I but mean, he was about to make a ridiculously yeah. good play. But again, that's not necessarily a bad play for Sam. That was just a decent throw that would have turned into a spectacular interception. Have we had an official change at left guard? Yes, to me it looks like it has. It looks like, I mean, unless something really strange happens tomorrow, I fully expect Julius Bulow to be the number one left guard right now because I thought it might be Nate Kalepo. I thought they would move him back up. And, and I, I still think that competition is obviously very much ongoing. But it sure looks like they're giving Bulow every opportunity to win that number one left guard spot. Well, you know, and the funny thing is when you take a look at MJ Alle, um, I mean, he's quite a bit thicker. But Julius Bulow is bigger than Jackson Kirkland, and Jackson Kirkland is huge. He's bigger, but he also runs very well for his size. But as and we were talking, Scott and I were talking about it, watching some of that that nine on seven because we saw Thule get under his pads a little bit, and that's kind of what started the little fracas. But you know, he has to play. He has to play lower to the ground. He has to get. He has to play with some with some knee bend, real knee bend, because at six eight. That's the one thing he's going to be super susceptible to, and that's playing with high pads. So he's, he's all of 6'8". Jackson oh, yeah. Kirkland's 6'7". Yeah. He's all of 6'8". And what is, what is sure. he, 330, 3'40"? I think he's listed at 3'20 or 3'30, something uh, like that. I still remember when <clears throat> Trey Adams, um, Caleb McGarry, and Henry Roberts were on the team. And they were yeah. all 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", in that range. And I remember saying to Henry Roberts, who was the shortest of the three of those guys, and I said, when was the last time you walked into a room and were not the tallest guy? And what? And the, when was the last time you walked in the room and two people were taller than you? Yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah, maybe on the basketball court, but yeah. And so, I mean, he's just a big dude. But Washington has he? They have Peacock at six six. They have um, Roger Ro, Roger Rosengarten's Rosen at yep. six 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 seven. You've got. Um, uh, Jackson Kirkland at six seven. They are huge. I was going to say too. What's Bain of all? He's six five. He's six five six six. Right I was going to say though. Obviously, we've already spoken with Scott Huff this fall, so it's I don't know when the next chance we're going to get to uh, have an opportunity media availability. But you know, so we're kind of left to wonder why the kind of the switch in the middle of camp as opposed to maybe thinking about if they had thought about a possible switch to him a little earlier. I got to tell you, after watching him work a little bit and kind of in my mind comparing what Kalepo does, what MJ Ale was doing, you know, Ale and Kalepo are really good at kind of moving people around and stuff like that. But you just don't ever really see the explosion and you really just don't see the full on, maybe the full on aggression. Like maybe they're like 75 to 80% of the aggression you might expect to see. But in that 9 to 7 drill uh, in the box today, you could see. Um, Julius Bulow just explode and really get after people. And I think maybe there's a bit of a nasty streak that he has that maybe those other guys just aren't expressing right now. Well, I'm interested to see, you know, in the next, well, tomorrow, if this is a move where this was elevating Julius Bulow or seeing what he could do or, or if it's truly just sending a message to MJ Ole and we might see him out there again at some point. Well, I, yeah. I think you'll see the three of them rotate. But I think Chris is right that they're giving Julius Bulow every chance to win the left guard spot. 
But if he doesn't take it, they've got guys there that they'll let challenge for. But that's the thing. Like I said, without talking to Scott Huff, you're kind of left surmising or, or trying to come up with your own little pet theories. But the only thing that I can think of that's that's absolutely for sure right now, just based on the evidence of seeing all three of those guys get shots at left guard, they want a legitimate competition. They're clearly not satisfied with that spot for whatever reason. We can all speculate. But at some point, they—that's the one place where they have not—they have not moved anyone else around at any of those other positions along the offensive line. Just left guard. They haven't moved Benavalo. They haven't moved Vic Kern. They haven't moved uh, Wattenberg. They haven't moved Kirkland. They've obviously used a lot of other guys in those positions when they're running the twos and the threes. But they have not literally substituted a guy in there that because. You know, for the first time, I saw Bulow in there, and I was thinking, well, where's MJ? The first thing you're looking for is you're looking for 68. You're like, is he hurt? Is he here? What? And you see him, and then you see him with the twos, and you see him with the twos at right guard, and you're like, okay, that's like basically a straight swap. Mm-hmm. They literally had straight swapped those guys. And so that's why you're left to wonder why, because it can't be physical at this point. We'll ask Jimmy about it tomorrow. Yeah, I don't expect sure. an answer. I expect the competition coach speak out of him tomorrow about that. So yeah. There's we'll going to be a lot of things we're going to be asking Jimmy Lake about. Unfortunately, they're not all positive. Yeah. Uh, Might as well get into it. Yeah, I mean, we're halfway through. Are we halfway through camp? More than halfway. More than halfway. No, day 10, but it's really, yeah. Saturday is the last day of camp. Yeah. Right. So we but, just to just to make sure people understand Kim. So we have one more day of media on t- for Tuesday because today's Monday. And then we then there's two days off for media, and then there's and then there's uh, Friday, Saturday, Saturday being kind of their picture day, what have you. Um, and Saturday we'll have some media with Coach Lake and selected players, but there's no media on Friday. So tomorrow we'll have Coach Lake, and then Saturday we'll have Coach Lake and some players, and that's it. Guys getting dinged up, nicked up. Guys not here. Um, I don't know what to read into the. I kind of know what to read into the guys not here, but um, I, the guys that aren't here, I'd be shocked if they're not back at some point. And it's not. I don't think it's disciplinary. Well, definitely not disciplinary. No, no. I mean, I can I can roll just, through these guys just, right now. Just understand in the times that we live in, right. and go from there. Think, yeah. cur- think current events, guys. It's yeah. not difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right now, the guys that literally we didn't see at all today, James Smith, Sawyer Racanelli, Asa Turner. Now, Kuapeopa showed up, a boot in his right, on his right foot. It was a walking boot. We have no idea. I remember seeing Chris Polk in a walking boot the week he played against Eastern yeah. Washington. Yeah. So you, just, you never know what a walking boot means. So Sometimes they just get a slight yeah. ankle sprain so and they even, just want him to Yeah, and he was out there. So it's not, like, it. it's yeah. not like they were asking him to bed rest. And he him. was joking around and yeah. doing his stuff on the sidelines. So, so. And the other guys were all guys that we've, that we've come to expect that were on the sidelines like Zion, uh, Alfonso Tupatala, Dyson McCutcheon, Davon Banks, Elijah Janks, Jackson, Samuel Peacock now is one of those kind of walking around. Uh, he's got a, a brace on his right knee. Um, and then there's the guys that, that got dinged up at various points of practice today. And I'd say some of it is because they're not they're not keeping their they're not keeping the players up. Yeah. They're not keeping their teammates up in a non full pads practice. We, we were mentioning this that this is the most I've seen uh, in a non-pads yeah. practice, well, I shouldn't say non-pads. They had shoulder pads on. 
but it's the most I've seen guys winding up on the ground yeah. that, I, that I've ever seen when it's that. And I'm not saying they're doing a bad job. Now, when I'm you just, say on the ground, tackle to the ground, not laying on the ground injured. No, but, no. Guy, but guys but being pushed I mean to the ground, even pushed being, to the ground. They're tripping, they're, yeah. they're, they're getting tangled up with each For other. For whatever reason, they and end up on the ground. like Peterson would constantly uh-huh. yell at, at the players if they weren't staying up. And the coaches, you can hear them out there saying, stay up, stay up, stay up. Yeah. But it's either not getting through to the players or they don't care. Yeah, so the guys, so, so the guys that, uh, that ended up at some point during practice ended up taking uh, leaving um, were Caleb Berry, Daniel Hamuli, Jalen McMillan, and Noah Gallin. And so we'll talk to Jimmy Lake on Tuesday, tomorrow, and if he has something to say about him, that he'll usually say something. And if he usually says something, that means it's long-term. And we very well could see all of them back out here tomorrow. For sure. No. I mean, there, there's Always nothing. a possibility. Yeah, there's nothing There's yeah, there's yeah, nothing to say that all those guys can't come back. Because yeah. yeah. we can't, obviously, speculate. We just can't. And I mean, there's nothing we can say. I could also po- have the possibility of losing a lot of weight and becoming a weightlifter and becoming a... I can help universe. You. Like me? Yeah. I can help you with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyways, yeah, one more practice tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Lake availability off Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday. I have and a then, feeling Friday will be a real out. light, almost a walkthrough kind You'd of You'd have thing. to think so because they've been going pretty hard. And the fan fest is on Saturday. And obviously with the scrimmage tomorrow too. I mean, there are so – I mean, they're kind of walking wounded around, around mm-hmm. here right now. And that's, that's kind of what you might expect at the middle of practice. Or middle of fall I'm sure camp. I'm sure it's the same at most other schools. Well, too. But, Pe- but Peterson really used to put the cotton wool on guys in, during fall camp. Whereas Jimmy Lake, he's like, if we want to get better, we got to play the game. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot more interested in playing the game and scrimmaging and doing those types of things. And when you play football, as we've said many times over the years, it ain't tiddlywinks. It's not tennis. Guys are going to get banged up. And that's just the unfortunate part of it. It's a. It's a very physical, very high collision type sport. As right now. young and athletic and as in greatest shape as these guys are in, sometimes it just the body can only take so much. Yep. So. Hey, just wanted to also mention before we wrap this up, there was an interesting article um, on on three sports, um, naming I think it was the top one hundred young coaches, and Will Harris was, was mentioned. 50. I thought it was fifty. 50. Was it fifty? Yeah. yeah, but Will Harris was mentioned as one of the up and coming young coaches. Oh no, wait, Cam, are you serious? Yeah. No. <laughs> How could that be? Yeah. I thought he sucked. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Can't recruit. Yeah, can't recruit. Uh, said that he turned down an offer with a. I'm We're being sarcastic, by the way. I'm trying to remember the exact wording he took with a bigger title at Boise State. Turned down a job there and was also being courted by LSU in the off season. He said that there, he said that he turned down some other jobs, and one of them was a job at Boise State that would have been a higher title. There's only two higher titles that he could have possibly had. That would have been defensive coordinator or, or head coach. Yeah. These people who rip on Will Harris just have absolutely no clue. He's an up-and-coming coach. He's really smart, and he's a really good coach. Yeah. So, um, interesting article on, on three sports. So, thought we'd bring that up a little bit. Anything else you need to cover or need to go over, Scott? Oh, JC guy last night that they offered. Talk a little bit oh, about that. Keontae Scott, 6'2", 185-pounder, um, plays at Snow. He was at Liberty. Um, he was a senior when Jeremy Bernard was a Sophomore, and they actually won. And I think uh, he's in the same class as Troy Fautanu. I'm pretty sure. If he wasn't in that same class, then it was. But he would. Oh, so I'm sorry. He was there as a junior, freshman, sophomore, junior year. 
Jeremy Bernard was a freshman. And so then his senior year, he moves to Helix in uh, San Diego, which is a um, school that had Reggie Bush, Alex Smith came out of there. And um, <clears throat> didn't get his grades in order and um, struggled some with those. Had a lot of distractions and uh, ended up having to go the JUCO route. He had a bunch of schools after him, said they didn't offer him because his grades were so bad. So uh, he went to snow to get away from everything, and, which is in uh, the middle of Utah, and then uh, uh, becomes a freshman All-American for the Badgers last year, uh, first-team All-American uh, for, for the Badgers last year, and um, I think he had something like 26 tackles and team-leading three picks and stuff like that. So good player. Am I surprised you're not offering a JC guy? I'm not because I think – we're hearing that there's going to be some attrition in the DB room. And Kyler so, Gordon could go pro. Trent McDuffie goes yeah, pro. Yeah, I don't know if it's well, that. McDuffie will go pro. Yeah, McDuffie's sure. already – you can count McDuffie, yeah. McDuffie, Kirkland, and okay. Otten. Well, and Radley Hiles yeah, will most likely be gone. Those are kind of the guys. Just don't plan on that. Enjoy them this year. But I'm talking about lower guys down the depth chart and in the depth um, that are young. And I've heard that there's going to be some attrition. We'll see. So, so just things happen because of different news coming to the coaches. The situations change, and they make offers. Well, and also he fits the prototype Absolutely of a Jimmy does. Lake style defensive back. Kid is six two, and he's and he wants to play corner. Super long levers. I mean, you're thinking of yeah. a Kevin King type. And I'm I'm. All I have to say is there. Do you remember when? Um, who was the guy for uh, Stanford? If he the, the he was the O line coach, then so he went to Rice, I think, as the head coach. When yeah. he when he made an offer to a guy, basically that told you how good of a, a offensive lineman that person was, right? I mean, that was usually the case. When Cal offers a defensive back with their quality of defensive back coaches down there, and then. You got Justin Smith or Justin Wilcox as the as the head coach there. They do such a if Cal offers a DB, I want that. I probably want to get on on that DB. And Cal has made an I think this is going to be a UW Cal battle personally. Anything else with recruiting we need to touch bases on? It's kind of quiet out. There. It is. It's going to be quiet just because everybody's going through fall camp right now. I mean, everybody's getting ready. We're two weeks away. What two and a half weeks away from the start of the season. Two weeks um, from Saturday. Two weeks from this Saturday. So, I mean, it's it's getting so close, and the coaches are just so focused on getting their team ready. They're still doing recruiting stuff, but they're still they're they're. It's not going to be as busy as you want it to be. That's why I'm not doing blogs because there's just not a lot going on. Anything to wrap it up, Chris? Well, just that today is free day for twenty four seven. Free day. So, Take a peek. Yep. So anybody who has uh, does not have a Dogman subscription. <laughs> can basically look at all the things that we've done, both pay and free, for fall camp. And then starting Tuesday, we are going to have a really, 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 really good promotion. That'll be a 48-hour window that you can take advantage of us. And I mean really take advantage, like absolutely abuse us. Um, And this will be your time to get involved. Um, And it should, if I looked at it correct, you know, you should get a decent chunk of of not just fall camp, but... The uh, first couple games of the season, at least taken care of, uh, if not maybe even going into back twelve ball yeah. uh, for for an insane price. So look out for that tomorrow. Um, that's the biggest thing. 
And then obviously, again, we'll be talking to Coach Lake tomorrow. We'll hopefully get some news on, on some of these players that weren't able to make it through today's practice, and, and we'll give you an update as soon as we know anything. Yeah, just uh, touch bases with uh, the basketball coach, Mike Hopkins, briefly um, the other day. They've got their elite camp coming up on the 21st, and they'll have some of their top recruits in, so we'll have a little bit to report on that. Um, other than that, let's just wrap it up. Uh, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletters, and we'll get you go ahead and hooked up. For all of us at dogman.com, minus Jack McCauley, intern Jack, I'm Kim Grenolds, along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs. <laughs>